Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to SpinFL. What is up, y'all? It's Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, sorry. Two Americans living in Sweden, talking about Butterfingers. Let's go, Butterfingers. Butterfingers are delicious candy. Are you a fan? I, it was literally one of my favorite candy bars growing up as a kid. Butterfingers. Really? Yeah. I um, I happen to have had a, a different type of upbringing where I wasn't mm. allowed to eat candy. So I taste. I started oh, eating candy right. when I was like 12 years old. Mm. And the first candy I ever had was a Baby Ruth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I went big because I was, was my grandmother owned. Imagine the torture, not being allowed to eat candy, but your grandmother owns a corner store that you work in every weekend. That seems cruel. <laughs> Very. So, uh, oh, shoot. I messed something up here. Uh, sorry about that. A little technical thing. The people watching saw the mistake I made, but it's all good. We're, we're still mm. here. We're still strong. Nice. Like Antoine Fisher. Still, <laughs> still talking about candy bars. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, so I finally got Butterfinger, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, I can see the, the difference." Because I thought it was all the same. I had the I had the Baby Ruth was the biggest one at my right. grandmother's store. Then Snicker was the one that everybody. It was like the most popular. People who bought candy bars bought that. But Snickers then we had good. the little candies, and my early favorite, still one of my favorite candies to this day, which I have to <laughs> throw it in to this day. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, Boston baked beans, baby. Boston baked beans is my favorite small candy. That, uh, really? Yes, Boston baked because we had the the popular one. They were fifteen cents. So the kids coming home from school, they're coming to the store <coughs> and they get their little candy to go home, and they get the lemon heads. Oh yeah, I like the lemon heads too. Uh, uh Chico sticks. You know about them? Uh-huh. Uh huh. See, I knew all the brands. Hot the, tamales. Uh, hot tamales. Yep. The uh uh and uh, uh Boston baked beans, those are the ones that are like fifteen cents. They're all right there. And then there was now and later's there, airheads. They were pretty. Oh, I love popular. now and later's. Uh, what was it when I remember when Dairy Queen introduced the Blizzard, right? Mm-hmm. And they started making Ooh. the but they made the Butterfinger Blizzard. Yeah, I was like, that's got to be the best. It's pretty. a little like you know the Blizzard is kind of a ripoff of the Frosty, which we spoke about. Last week, was the Frosty milkshake. First? Frosty was way before the yeah, Blizzard. Yeah, I guess so. But then the Blizzard came in and was like, "Oh, we're gonna do a Frosty with some shit in it." Yeah, <laughs> Oreos. That was my favorite, man. Oh, that was a good one too. Oreo, but Butterfinger I was to Blizzard. Eat Oreos. I still go to town on a Butterfinger Blizzard. That shit I've had the M M&M and M Blizzard. 
Mm. Those are good with regular M&Ms in it. Uh, mm. But yeah, and eventually uh, peanut M&Ms became my favorite. But uh, enough about that. We had a, we had a good weekend <coughs> of football. Yeah. I had a decent yeah. weekend of football. I felt mm-hmm. bad about the first game, but uh, mm. anybody wondering out there, we're going into the final week of flipping and pick them the way it's supposed to be, completely tied. Anybody's right. game, the flip is more important. We got two weeks to think about it, and uh, this is the pressure is on. Your boy we, came back. We went into the incredibly iconic extra crispy conference championship round with Jonathan <laughs> Rollins down mm. by thirty points. Mm-hmm. But he swept the table mm-hmm. in the incredibly iconic extra crispy conference championship round. And we are now tied 50 to 50 yeah. going into if it, now that we started adding all of these like extra ways to describe the various rounds, it's suddenly started Uh-oh. to make the Super Bowl sound a little lame. I feel like we need to come up. We got to do something. We got to workshop something better than the Super Bowl. Yeah, we got to. You know, yeah. <clears throat> something. Uh, Something we'll with a lot with of something. S's. We need to roll with this alliteration <laughs> thing. I think it works really alliteration well. Alliteration works all the time. Yeah. Um, but it was um it was certainly an interesting adventure. Uh starting out with the first game, Eagles Oof. sort of uh beat the 49ers like a redheaded stepchild, 31 to 7 for obvious reasons. And I agree yeah. with you. This this was one of those games that um you know, you went into it. You had two teams with with both of which had crazy good defenses. You had the whole what a Mr. running game, what a running game, running defense that the uh, yeah. You know, you had <laughs> <clears throat> you'll see. Well, no, actually, I mean, you won't see because the no. Chiefs don't have a good run game, so it won't matter. No, um, but you had all these great narratives going into the game, like you know, obviously, Mister Irrelevant versus what I would argue, Jalen Hurts, Mister Underrated. Yeah. Um, for the majority of his career, and I go all the way back to college as well. This guy yeah, got traded, and yeah, basically he's been, uh, had a been playing with a chip on his shoulder for a long time. Um, you had great skill position pieces on both teams. Um, we, I was sort of looking for, you know, would Kyle Shanahan live up to his reputation of blowing fourth quarter leads? Uh, he he did not because no, he never it broke the trend. You can't lose something you never had, so so that was good <laughs> for him. Um, but the first half of this game was was kind of insane, and it, and it really set the table for just a surreal kind of experience. Um, I mean, to start, the Eagles looked amazing out of the gate, right? The opening yes. drive. I mean, they just marched down the field. Like, like there wasn't anybody there. Yeah. Uh, thanks in part to, well, <laughs> this is where the controversy kind of started. Yeah. Thanks in part to this amazing one-headed catch by Devontae Smith, which turned out to be a huge mistake by Shanahan not to challenge the or call. Or a great move by Smith to call a no huddle. Yeah, but that's the point I'm trying to make. The moment that that guy gets up and your wide receiver the Eagles wide receiver is calling for a no huddle. That should be Shanahan should be like immediately saying, we got to challenge that pretty smart. It looked like he was celebrating a bit. He was bumping his fist together and, and, and that simulates a little bit of a, a, a huddle thing. Mm. When you say huddle, you, you touch your fingers together normally, 
most most uh, teams. That's the huddle signal. Right. That's huddle like this. So I was like, why does he? What? I was like, is he celebrate? I didn't know what he was doing, but his face was what gave it away to me. I was like, he didn't catch that shit, did he? So I wanted to see replays, but then I saw a couple replays, and then I was wondering, why is he doing? He acting like he didn't catch the ball, and then after. Because he didn't catch the ball. Right. Because I was thinking, <laughs> to me, his body language said he didn't catch it, but the replays said he caught it. And Greg Olson was like, man, I thought he might have been out of bounds, but he's not out of bounds. Both feet are down. Like, everybody's looking at that. And it's possibly, if you're listening to the broadcast, you're looking mm. at what Greg Olson's saying. But I never saw that a- other angle until after the commercial, I think. That's true. And so maybe they didn't show that angle on the – I don't know what they see in the stadium, but I don't think Shanahan had time to even see the angle that we saw because we kept looking from the uh, out of bounds off to mm. the uh, whatever side that is. Well, I, I don't know. That's I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. I honestly don't know what they have access to on the sidelines. Yeah. But it, 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 it was clearly a very suspicious moment. I felt the same way you did. I mean, my initial reaction was like, holy shit, what yeah, a catch. What a catch. But then when he jumped up and and started calling for no huddle. Well, now me, we know he's calling for no huddle. I didn't think he was calling no huddle. I thought he was celebrating. And then I saw them no huddling. And I was like, oh, he told them to do Oh, this motherfucker. Exactly. That's what I started thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, a few plays later, Miles Sanders just kind of walks in. Walks for the, in. For the 7 nothing. Uh, Greg Olson, bro, man, he's the best. Greg Olson, I used to say Romo was the best. Greg Olson, when he uh, talked through that play, mm. that they did a double double team, mm. and and it pushed that whole what like a hallway for him. And our boy, who we thought was gone for today, man, I got scared. Fred Warner, mm. but Fred Warner made a True. big mistake. He peeked in the wrong hole on that one, mm. and. uh that's what cost them, but you can't. I mean, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, when you're playing aggressive, and they mm. missed, it missed on them because he ran on the opposite side of a double team. He was like stuck. He was like walled off. So yeah. Well, speaking of uh, people who would eventually be gone, mm. more or less for the day, uh, the 49ers' first drive had a Hassan Reddick-shaped bomb dropped Bruh. on it. As this man came <laughs> flying around the edge like a bat out of hell. So he was mad Not he like, wasn't in, the, in uh, M- defensive MVP? Did you see that? Bro. He said that he was mad. He, he, he was should like, be mad. Yeah. I mean, not only did he knock the ball out of Brock Purdy's hand for the sack fumble, but he also knocked Brock Purdy the fuck out of this game. Uh, oh, Elbow, baby. So, Elbow's gone. Which is a real like shame. Josh Allen's. It was like the Josh Allen injury. Is a real shame, especially as you watch the game progress. Yeah. Um, because for a long time there, it really felt like y- you could still you could see the 49ers defense start to settle in yeah. after that first drive, and you're just sitting there the whole time thinking to yourself, like, man, if this guy was in there, they, this yeah. would be a real football game. And you, yep. you just, I mean, it stayed close for a while, but you just knew it was going to collapse at some yeah. point because, of course, the 49ers had to bring in their fourth string quarterback Josh Johnson uh, people keep saying that right mm. he's their fourth quarterback this year but he was their backup quarterback this game yeah so he you know what I mean on the roster he might have been a fortunate quarterback but he's their backup quarterback this game they came into the game 
Knowing, you go into every game knowing that you're one hit away from your backup quarterback. Sure. So for them to go like that, no, 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 no. He's the, they have the backup ready. He might be a four-string caliber quarterback, but they can't act like they lost three quarterbacks in that game. They lost one quarterback, and they they had Garoppolo not even dressed. Right. Well, it does speak to – I guess maybe it speaks to the criticism that the 49ers could have – perhaps done something to have a slightly higher caliber quarterback exactly. slotted in as their backup. So yeah. again, maybe it's um maybe in, in a season where you lost your first and your second quarterback, <clears throat> you make sure you understand that hey man, I could lose a quarterback this year. <laughs> you know, in any game. So maybe my second quarterback is the best I can have. Josh Johnson is not the best you could have, I don't think. You've had nine weeks to find somebody. True. So they can't act like this. They just got bombarded. <laughs> this throughout the season, yes, they got bombarded and they lost two quarterbacks that they had for their system. But they've had a lot of time to find somebody that, in case Brock Purdy messes up, or especially with this concussion stuff. That's a good point too. You know, I think it speaks probably to you know a lot of the. I saw I watched a lot of the pregame, and you know, one of the questions they kept asking. When, when you saw these interviews with Debo and uh, and George Kittle, and obviously Brock Purdy's name comes up, and and the question was always the same, like, oh, when you saw Trey Lance went down, and when you saw Jimmy go down, like, be honest, like, did you think your season was over at that point? Mm-hmm. And and the answer that they gave was like, nah, well, you know, we were obviously concerned, but we knew Brock, and we knew what he was made of, and we knew he was – it's yeah. like, fuck you, you didn't know that. I don't no think shit. the 49 49- Nobody I, did. Brock ain't I think, no – I think the entire coaching staff, locker room, everybody in the 49ers organization mm-hmm. probably thought their season was over yep. as soon as Jimmy went down. Brock Purdy was a huge surprise, yep. and I think that that huge surprise probably mm. caused them to overlook the fact that maybe we need to have somebody, um, something a little safe underneath this in case we lose our third quarterback of the year. Yep. I agree with you. Yeah, um, because Josh Johnson came in and basically like almost immediately, this dude gets absolutely pancaked by who else? Hassan Reddick, He's right? <laughs> he got laid the fuck out. Um, from there, the 49ers D, as I said, they stepped up big time to basically put the brakes on what could have easily turned into a bloodbath right there yeah. in the first half. Um, after a couple of Eagles punts, the 49ers finally put a drive together where McCaffrey, my Lord, is this man difficult to tackle? I <laughs> mean, I was over there like, man, did this dude just did this? He it was it broke four tackles. I, it was insane. And, it, and and the last guy came in and we have a, the Dolphins have a safety that does this, man. Javon Holland, wonderful safety. But sometimes you come in, try to tackle with your shoulder, try to get the hit and not wrapping up. And that was the last t- last thing you want to do against Christian McCaffrey, who bounced off of it, spent out of it, yeah, juked, <laughs> and then bounced off of two other guys who were trying to tackle. I mean, it's just like, yeah. no, nah, I'm getting in there. But then, of course, the Eagles finally sort of woke up, and um, yeah. well, they did I think a, it was kind of like they just well, they I, realized credit like, to them, credit to them. They were like, we gonna get, don't don't worry. They kept it. They didn't panic. They like, took their fourth down on the. <laughs> <laughs> they took their fourth down, uh, the crazy fourth down early <laughs> in that first drive. They got that out the way, and then they settled. They settled in too. Hmm. Like they faced a little bit of adversity. We're like, damn, we need to pull away. Who knows what's gonna happen? 
And True. they just, they, they, all right, we'll take what they give us. They got that. They got that. We'll punt. It's a long game. And they, they came back around and finally started. Well, their scoring. next touchdown drive was like, was, was a great example of exactly what you're, you're suggesting. This settling into the game with a yeah. nice 14 play, seven minute drive. Kenneth Gainwell was running the ball all over the yard. Bruh. Um, but then, of course, that. Miles Sanders trots in for his second touchdown of the game. But it all starts to unravel on the next possession, right? Because mm. with a hundred, with a, with one minute and thirty six seconds to go in the half, the main question was: Did the Eagles leave too much time on the clock for Josh fucking Johnson? <laughs> now, given that he fumbled the snap on the second play of the drive, the resounding answer to that question turned out to be yes. They did leave too much time on the clock for Josh Johnson from a 49ers perspective. Eagles recovered the ball. On the 49ers, 31-yard line, three plays later, Boston Scott gets the edge, scores another rushing touchdown, and the Eagles are up 21-7 to at the half all of a sudden, right? Yep. And at that point, you realize, like, okay, um, this is this is not going to end well. Um, the second half did not get um, any better for the 49ers. A few plays oh, in, man. 49ers opening drive, Josh Johnson gets sacked on his ass, slams the back of his head on the ground, which forced him into concussion protocol. Mm. And and then it was like chaos ensued. It it looked like McCaffrey was going to come in to play quarterback. You see him over there and switching check, helmets? You check and McCaffrey. It looked like, yeah. I saw it. They, they had the, the green dot helmet he was going to yeah, get. Yeah, he was over there switching helmets. But then they, they bring Purdy back into the game um, without really – having any evidence at all that he was even capable of throwing the ball. He um, threw once, right? He did throw once. He threw a screen. To to Brock Purdy's credit, um as a quarterback in this game, he had a perfect completion percentage. Yeah. He, was like, he was like three he for threw, three, right? And now he's four for four. Oh four, okay. <laughs> for what, twenty eight yards, something like that? It's something like that. Because <laughs> I saw um, it was three for three with 22 yards. And yeah. I was like, man, I don't think I ever <laughs> – I've never seen that before. Mm. I felt so bad for 49ers fans. Mm. I felt bad for uh, f- football fans, myself. I was like, I feel like we got yeah. robbed of a good game because of a freak injury. With you know, And it wasn't even dirty or anything. And yeah, and you, but that's what I mean. Like, you really got the sense that, especially once the game settled down, you got the sense that this 49ers defense w- would have been a real challenge yep. for the Eagles had everything remained equal, so to speak. You know, Ch- and, challenge and, is an interesting word because mm. the Eagles played the Giants, who were, you know, it's a good point. They yeah. they kind of came in like punching above their weight class already. They had the easiest schedule of the of any team in the league this year. Yep. And then they play the 49ers, who are supposed to be tough, but then they lose their quarterback early in the game. Then they lose the chance to throw the ball in the middle of the game. So they're doing – they went to the back of the playbook. Credit to Kyle Shanahan, too. He tried everything he could to generate some offense. But at some point, you got if you can't throw the ball, we're in the 1940s. I mean, you can give credit to Kyle Shanahan if you want. <laughs> That's not something that I'm willing to do. I, I just did, so it's, it's done. It's done now. <laughs> well, but yeah, they, for the record, I don't want anything to do with that credit 
precaution. <laughs> Fuck that or, as, or as a lot of my family says, critic. Critic. Uh, <laughs> Gotta get but, some credit to these struggling 49ers. <laughs> get credit where it's due. But uh, I don't know, man. Eagles haven't had a test yet. It's a fair point. So yeah, that was um the well I can't okay, even say it was a good game. They did what they had, they did they were supposed what they were supposed to the do. The only thing the only interesting thing that happened before this was all said and done was a good old fashioned like like a football t- game that turned into a hockey game all of a sudden with a hockey style bench clearing brawl. Oh, yeah. Trent Williams and Kayvon Wallace were ejected. Yeah. Uh I, I'm sure there'll be multiple fines. Um, I've been speaking pipe. of fines. I've been looking for it. I haven't. Did you see if Joey Bosa got fined for what he said about the referees? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I haven't seen I, anything on it. I haven't seen anything about that either. Okay, but you know he did that. at some point. Uh, <clears throat> either way, it is what it is. The Eagles, you know, they don't they don't get to choose who their schedule is. They don't get to pick who they're playing against, uh, and they have. They come out week after week and um, and they win football games. So yeah. they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, very happy for yeah. my man, former Bulldog Jordan Davis <laughs> and uh, N'Kobe Dean. <laughs> um, the other issue that that plagued this game for the 49ers as well and and w- were penalties. I mean, how many? Man. They, had, they had a lot of penalties, bro. What was it, like 11 or 12 penalties? Yeah. Um, Shanahan was whining like a little bitch on the sidelines, but yeah, if was. you watch the tape, almost all of these penalties were, were legit, in yeah. my in my opinion. Um, I mean, and you know, you can see how they were calling it, so you got to adjust. I mean, it is what it is. It's the crew that's on the field. You know how you see what they're doing. You got to adjust. The uh, both of us find a total of forty three thousand forty six dollars. He got twenty nine point seven eight five, and then. Twenty nine thousand seven hundred eighty five, and then thirteen, two sixty one. Oh, for the two, and then he got twelve thousand five hundred for what he said. Damn! So a total of fifty five thousand five hundred forty six bucks. Wow! Yeah, that's what that's it was. crazy. Hmm. Uh, well, speaking of referees, I guess we can move on to Bengals v Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Segway. <laughs> Corporal, corporal segue. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into it later, but I, I, I have mixed feelings about the way people were reacting to the way this yeah, game was. People need to fucking... The refs did not determine the, decide this game. We got a good game. Let's talk about it, Skip. Okay. Who won? Going it, let, well, okay. The Chiefs <laughs> won this game 23-20. to 20. Now, let's set this up. Um, the, the, the narrative going into this one is that, you know, Mahomes and his ankle situation... Um, had the Chiefs initially going into this game as home underdogs, uh, which was basically all anyone was talking about in the days running up to this matchup, mm-hmm. Mahomes' ankle. Um, then up pops Travis Kelsey on the injury report on Friday, which made people go, oh, shit, what's going mm-hmm. on here? Um, but then uh, they, you know, kind of on the day of the game, they said he was not only was he good to go, but also, my man, former Bulldog, Miko Hardman, was going to be back, who hasn't played since he's not. Uh-oh. So let's get that change that line around. Change nah, I the line that, around. I, I mentioned that. It's not like he really did anything. <laughs> no, it's not. Like a, him, but yeah. whatever. He was there. Um, 
So I'd kind of like to divide this breakdown into the two teams. And I kind of want to start with the Bengals mm-hmm. and why they lost this game Whoa. before before we move on to the Chiefs. And so why they won. Correct. Um, okay. I'm curious to know, the, uh, the Bengals obviously came into this game kind of feeling, they were, they were out here smelling themselves. Yes, they They're were calling it, calling it Burrowhead and uh, saying like, you know, at some point you go now, from being like this underdog uh, goat or, you know what I mean, like that everybody's just a redheaded stepchild. It, it moves on. When people realize that you got one of the most talented rosters in the team. Right. I mean, in the league. Right. And when you get rid of Andy Dalton as your quarterback, I mean, how much of a redheaded stepchild can you really be? <laughs> exactly. You know what it's I mean? gone, man. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of reasons why they lost this game. I, I would argue that that you need to keep your mouth shut. before yes. you. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, don't try to help them have any more motivation than they already have don't don't feed the trolls man don't poke the bear don't feed the don't troll poke don't poke the bear yeah you know just fucking just play man do like you've been doing get there how you got there right exactly that's a good point um either way slow start to this one the Bengals, who are known for quick starts had back-to-back basically back-to-back three and it was a three and out and then a five and out punt um the Chiefs were only able to put up a couple of field goals themselves, which obviously not that sexy, but given how close this game was, has to be considered at yeah. the very least a part of how they managed to kind of squeak out this victory. They uh they also uh Joe Joy Burrow Joe Burrow couldn't be upright for the first <clears throat> quarter. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually my next point. Because ultimately for me, this game came down to a few things. Sacks, picks penalties and the Bengals non-existent run game. Yep. Right. Burrow was sacked four times through their first three possessions. Was it only four? I, oh, was six, the first in, six in okay. total, but through the first three possessions, I mean, they were on his ass immediately. Chris Jones. All over it. You know, right? that his brother is fucking John Bones Jones. I did not know that. And Chandler Jones. Like yeah. how, proudest parents in the world or what? Totally. So he gets sacked four times on their first three possessions. On the next drive, Burrow found himself so under pressure, uh, which is what led him to underthrow T. Higgins uh, and get picked off by former Wendy's employee and my man from Augusta, Georgia, Jalen Watson. Uh, just a little uh, quick one just a quick one just a little, a little yeah little wendy's what was that sandwich you had at wendy's what was it Ooh, the honey the, the, the hot honey the hot honey i've been thinking about the hot honey i after you told me about it i went and googled it and was like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> once i got a look at it i was like oh ooh, i gotta get me one of them uh yeah so overall, the Chiefs had five sacks in this game, 12 QB hits. Um, so Burrow really did not have a lot of time to work. Uh, again, Bengals run game, 71 total yards in this game. Burrow was their leading rusher with 30 yards. That's a that's it's not really the way it's supposed to be. No. Right? P. Ryan had 22. Mixon, who's supposed to be their lead back, only had 19 rushing yards. This is this is not. This is not good. And then, of course, the penalties. You had the nine penalties for 71 yards were probably 
in, in a lot of ways, probably more damaging than the picks. Yeah. Um, the last one, obviously, where where the last one where the dude, obviously Joseph Asai, pushes Mahomes after he was, you know, about a yard and a half or two yards out of bounds, that sets up the game-winning field goal. Now we can all point at that one and say, you know, but <clears throat> I would say there were a lot more in this game that it wasn't just that, it wasn't just him. Um, they also had the ball and couldn't put points up. With two, a little over two minutes left, couldn't get right. the lead. You know what I mean? Get the lead, and uh, it just they stall. The drive stalls out with two minutes or something, and they leave time where they have. Well, to also play. they they managed they got penalties to, that got them in trouble. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, but the thing is, is that they managed to adjust in a way where they had a chance to win this football game. Like I said, yeah, they got sacked four times in the first three possessions. That fifth sack didn't come until way later in the game. Like so, they adjusted and and Burrow started getting the ball out quicker, even though yeah. he was getting pressured, and and they managed to march their way back into this game. And 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 it was right there at their fingertips for sure because the Bengals' O line, which was getting dominated early, managed to yeah, adjust and play adjusted. a lot better as the game went on. Um, but and they it held was that, the Chiefs to twenty three points. Yeah, but it was that huge third down sack by um by Chris Jones Chris late Jones. in the game where it looked like the Bengals were basically in the midst of a go ahead touchdown drive and he blew that shit up on third down. Yeah. Um and and even though it was not his fault, Burrow's second interception of the day certainly didn't help. That pick was like a amazing. Yeah. That, that was an amazing pick. You Track had, it tracking that ball, reaching back had, with his off hand. Reaching and, back with his off hand, tipping it it was um rookie uh defensive back Brian Cook. Yeah. He dives, reaches with the backhand, tips the ball over his own head behind his back to another rookie cornerback, yeah. Joshua Williams. Great tip drill play by those guys. Yeah. You know they practice that shit. Good tackle uh, by Higgins too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That could have that could have been a, another uh field field uh, position sh- shift there too. So it was kind of like a punt. So when it happened, I was like, okay, that was kind of like a punt. But that was a big time play. The game yeah. was tied twenty to twenty at that time, yeah. and and Burrow was already in that mode where he was just chucking it up, and it was working. You know what I mean? He chucked mm-hmm. it up a couple of times to T Higgins. Chase. That one Chase that he too. chucked up to Chase, where Chase was in yeah. double coverage, and he's just like, I'm gonna go up and just grab this thing. Man. I mean, it was you, you kind of <laughs> had the feeling they were gonna win this game. I was I flowing back and forth too. I was like rooting for. The Chiefs, and then I was rooting for the Bengals. Like I was, I could feel myself swaying and like, come on, you could do it, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on, Pat. <laughs> I was, uh, it was a great uh, ebb and flow to the game that I liked. All right, so I think we need to move on to the main event of this game. <laughs> and if you think I'm out here grapefruiting my bulldogs, just wait till you see the entire NFL world back up this grapefruit chuck. For the next two weeks, mm. so they can cream all up in their drawers <laughs> over Patrick the Magic Man Mahomes Listen, coming man. through in a big spot on mm. the injured ankle. Yeah, they joked on Good Morning Football. I said this in the last episode about how if Mahomes wins this game, they will be calling this the ankle game. Uh oh. Now they joke about that shit like it's dumb, but. Then it's they're the ones who will actually be out there creating yeah. this narrative. Like, yeah, that's oh. what happens. That's why it's happens. like 
anyway, but it has to be said, Mahomes, he was just the better quarterback, period. Uh, he was the best player on the field. 29 for 43, 326 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and he averaged over seven yards per play. The ankle looked pretty fine for the most part until he kind of – he sort of tweaked it in the second half, and you could tell it was getting worse. Yeah, you could see see the the wear and tear on it throughout. Like one pass where he kind of hops and makes sure that he lands on his left foot and he throws it, and it's a completion. It's like you could see this dude – and when he scrambled, when he had to scramble uh, earlier, before yep. their final scramble, but when he scrambled yeah. earlier and he got down and he was kind of like, they converged on him. Sure. He couldn't help but worry for him, but he, he gritted it out. You can see him grimacing as he gets up. You know what I mean? What yeah. a performance, man. But in the first half, this dude was an absolute fucking assassin. He was in the first half alone. He was 13 for 19, 165 yards. Um, plus that 14 yard touchdown pass to, of course, Travis Kelsey. Um, and then there was that, uh, and that, that play in and of itself was a fourth and one play where he just chucks it up for a 14 yard touchdown pass. Um, the chiefs run game was even worse than the Bengals with only 42 total yards. That, that would make me a little concerned going into the Super Bowl. Um, um, but it didn't matter because Mahomes had to- time to throw the ball to to MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, six receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. He said pick your poison at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They asked him about – they asked Patrick Mahomes about uh, what fantasy – what receivers should I do fantasy with because uh, Tyreek Hill is gone. He's like, it's going to – It's going to be harder. Uh, no, he said – his initial answer Every was... Every week will be different, right? It, when they said, who, which receiver should we pick from the Chiefs to put on our fantasy team? He said, none of them. Yeah, right. He was like, <laughs> like it, it was like, going to be a different guy every week. Yeah, and he was right. But that and, pass... Yeah. That the touchdown one, pass, the scaling, yeah. yes. was an absolute fucking dart on a rope. I, or, I mean, it was... Yeah. And he's not special. known for, like, arm strength like that, but he zipped that thing in there. Mm. And the the pass earlier in the, on the first drive to um, mm. to Valdez Scantling too, where he great catch too, because he threw it really early because he had to because there's pressure on him uh, off the left hash and he just he puts it out early. It still gets there before the safety and right when uh, Smith Schuster gets there. Yeah. And I think that you're right. I think that the key to the Chiefs' success throughout the entire season— Not Smith-Schuster, but Scant- Valdez-Scanlon. They got all these names. Yeah. The key to their, their season and this game is precisely what you brought up, the fact that you just never know who it's going to be. Um, of course, Kelsey yeah. is sort of the main guy. Um, but it's like, you know, from one week to the next, it could be Juju. Uh, it could be— um, MVS, it could be Pacheco. Um, Pacheco, um, you know, when Miko Hardman was healthy, it could have been him. Yep. Uh, lately, now they picked up Kadarius Tony. Like, just when you think you don't need to pay attention to him, he'll pop off something. Yep. Um, but all of this to kind of cover the loss of Tyreek, uh, which somehow worked out because these motherfuckers are, you know, AFC champs. Uh, 
for the fifth year, you know, playing in the AFC title game for fifth year in a row, and now they're headed back to the Super Bowl. Is this the third time in the last five years they've gone to the Super yeah. Bowl? Yeah. Right? They won it once, they lost it once, and this is the third one. Yeah. It's crazy. So, and who's, also. Who's got hurt? A receiver got hurt this game. Was mm, it Tony that got hurt? No. I think was he it was Schuster. I think Kadarius Tony got a little banged up. Okay. Maybe Juju, other... too. Okay. But the other thing that can't be overlooked as well is Sky Moore, who kind of seemed like the most disappointing of the Chiefs receivers over the season, had a huge play in this game that led to the game-winning field goal, um, which was the 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 punt return. Yeah. Right? This is yep. after the big yep. Chris first off, Chris Jones deserves all the credit for blowing up that that last Bengals drive. Yeah. He blew it up, forced him to punt. The punt comes and Sky Moore is not always the guy that that gets popped in there to return punts, but they stick him in there and dude returns at 30 yards all the way up to yep. to the 50-yard line. All they needed was that was one big play uh to get into field goal range and Unfortunately, it came in the form of Bengals Joseph Asai, who who yeah. pushed Mahomes. Why who was balling? He was having him a day as well. He was, <clears throat> he was. But clearly, automatic fifteen yard unnecessary rough roughness, and Harrison yeah. Butker gets to play the role of hero as he splits the sticks from forty five yards out to send the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. I mean, this was. Have you seen more swag in a kick? It was nice. <laughs> he just kind of kicked it and like. Yeah. Well, have uh, dusted off his shoulder, man. The way he just kind of walked away, like, yeah, I don't even need to look at this, man. Going- Do that ice it tray his, thing. <laughs> it was his uh, holding the three point stance when he shoot the three, and you know yeah. it's going in. You keep the follow through. <laughs> the, the swag he had, I was like, oh shit, I didn't even got to look. Uh, but it was, it was. Um, we could talk about it now, man. You want to talk about the penalties? The the final penalty. Well, I was thinking there, there's well, okay, go ahead. We yeah, start we, with that yeah, one. Let, we, okay. The the final one, um, and when I first saw it live, I was mm. like, oh, they can't call it. They can't call it. And then Mahomes is like asking for it. He holds his arms out as he's going down, like, "Yo, this dude just pushed me." You know what I mean? Um, and the other ref throws it, or you know, uh, the official throws it. Uh, and then when I saw it on the replay. You can't not call it. I, I agree. He was on his second step out of bounds when he when he gets pushed, and it's a, it's so it's so dumb. And I saw earlier in the game, I think somebody was going after Burrow, and he comes up lame to avoid like you. And this is what happened. And it bothers me so much. I've seen people getting hurt trying to prevent hurting a quarterback. And the quarterback has some of the longest careers in the league. So it really mm. sucks when you see these guys who are going to play five, six years, and then they hurt themselves trying not to get a penalty. You know what I mean? And I saw somebody pull up when Joe Burrow scrambled and tried, and you could see him like, I don't know if he was hurt bad, but you could see him grab his leg like, oh, shit, I hurt myself trying not to, or tweak something trying not to hurt this quarterback. This guy, man, don't do it, Asai. Mm. Sucks, man. And you're making the ref make the call. And the ref made the call. I wouldn't have been mad if he didn't make the call. Right. But there's nothing to say also that the Chiefs weren't going to figure out how to get in field goal range anyway. So it's like you can't blame Osai, but it's just like you can't do that. And it also reflects on um, 
what's been the last what under the Zach Taylor uh, regime, a pretty undisciplined team. Yeah, and well, okay, so there was obviously a lot of Monday morning uh, refereeing uh, <laughs> yeah. that took place after so this game. It bothers game. me so much, man. And in some cases, it's like I can kind of under. I, I always stop short of. I, I would never suggest that the NFL is scripted in any way. Um, but it, there's, it, there's it, a narrative they want to follow. Yes, but I can also. I mean, well, okay. First of all, let's just say that, of course, if there were a script, as a script writer, allow me to weigh in. <laughs> yes, um, take the floor, Skip. <laughs> yes, there is a narrative that uh, a beneficial a narrative that would be beneficial to the NFL if uh if the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes make it back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Um but I, I I don't think people realize how many people have jumped on the Bengals bandwagon in the last year. I, it, it, there is just as much of a case to um to, to say make that's that, the team, yeah. That that it, that an even better script or a better version of this movie would be literally one of the most popular and most hotly followed quarterbacks. Do you have any idea how popular Joe Burrow is amongst teenage girls in on social media right now? This dude is like his women love Joe Burrow. Period. Like girl. Yeah. And like, he's sort of, he, somebody, I read some article about how like he's one of the most sort of hot topics on TikTok. Okay. Within, amongst young girls, um, see, it's who like are, there's a, who don't know shit about football. They don't know anything about football, but they know who Joe Burrow is, and they know he's cool, and they know he shows up to the game wearing a cool outfit, and they know he wears those cool glasses, and they know he's calm and collected, and they know he's a tall drink of water, and blah, 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 all these things. They don't know anything about football, but they love Joe Burrow. Mm, okay, I didn't so know that. the script is there for him mm-hmm. too. So I'm not yeah. here for this bullshit that that you know some half white, half black frizzy haired dude who talks like Kermit the Frog. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm t- if I'm making a movie and you had Patrick Mahomes audition tape next to Joe Burrow's audition tape, based on that weird ass Kermit the Frog voice, I'm picking Joe Burrow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, and then who wants the to whole, listen to this guy? And then there's the whole underdog thing, the pendulum thing that we do. Once somebody is on top, we want them to drop down. The Chiefs have been the one on top. There's sure. a way to... This is what they get paid to do, man. They take these things and make storylines out of them. Ask Bob Costas, who Correct. made a career off of this shit. So it's like, that's the thing people need to understand. There's so many narratives. And as professionals that uh, hype these things up, they have to find a way to twist it and make it great. That Just like Philadelphia said, beating, uh, yeah. no, 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 the uh, the Super Bowl, the shitty Super Bowl, the Rams versus the oh, Patriots. Yeah. Everybody was, yeah, (laughs) 15 to 3, right? Something like that. Something like that. It's like this shitty Super Bowl. We were winning to that thing so hype. Five, six storylines ready to go to see this amazing Super Bowl. And it turned out to be a dud. Totally. Um, Now, that being said, specifically related to this game and the way it was officiated, uh, there, there were a lot of things to complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, on that final play, that was a legitimate penalty against uh, Osai. Mm-hmm. Um, there was 
most certainly a missed holding holding call that that should have been called against the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Um, which you know, you go back and watch the tape. It's, I mean, you can see it plain as day. There was the one play that's getting the most attention is this bizarre situation where they're where the refs yeah. essentially awarded the Chiefs a do-over on a failed third down attempt uh, because of something related to the clock. Um, now I've, I've seen the explanations for it. Um, and I, and I get it, but it's just, it, it, it's clear that there has to be a better way to fix this so that, so that you don't have this problem. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was some problem with the clock and one of the refs saw it and I'm hearing or reading stories about how this one ref kind of blew the whistle and stepped onto the field to stop the play. Um, but nobody heard the whistle. And when the play started, he kind of stepped out of the way. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't go back and watch that, but regardless, they gave him a second chance to run that third down. Um, and then it led to, uh, did it lead to Nothing. a false start? Yeah, that was like no. They 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 failed again, but it, right. but then they penalized the Bengals. It's just a oh, bad yeah, look, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Do over on third down. They failed to get the third down, but then they get the first down because you called a penalty on the Bengals. This yeah. is like like this a is legal, what makes people legal contact that, or something like that. This is what makes people think that it's scripted, and I can understand that you may think that because that is a bad look. It doesn't look good. But ultimately, um, what their goal is to try to get the calls right. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter what is going to be, I guess they could have swallowed that one and just be like, All right, well, it's, it's over. Just like, you know what? The other thing, mm. was it this game? No, that was the Eagles game. The punt that hit the fucking, like sometimes. Yeah, that was weird. Sometimes you got to go with common sense. <clears throat> right. There's no camera angle to see the actual line. And the ball hitting the line, but we're not stupid. <laughs> the ball hit the line. I Stuff mean, like you that. Like see... the refs gotta understand. Like we, we're part of it. You you always say we're we're only human. Yeah, but humans also have common sense. Well, I found it a little precarious, especially with that example. That you know, sure, we got to look at the all twenty-two angle to see if the if that punt had hit the cable for the sky cam. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could definitely, I mean, you could certainly see that the ball changed. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it's it not spiraled. angels in the end zone. <laughs> it's it no spiraled, point. it spiraled off of it. Like the punt went up and it spiraled off of the kick. And then suddenly midair, it turned into a fucking duck. Uh, a duck, yeah. Um, the other angle that they could have showed would have been the sky cam. Because if the ball hits the wire, that camera is going to shake. Wiggle, yeah. So I I think they know the answer to whether or not that ball hit they know the, the ball thing, here. but they don't want to say it because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have to do it again. Now, there's a very easy fix to this problem, and you just do like like they do in USFL. Instead of using the sky cam, you use drones. They got drones flying all over the field to get that yeah. to get that overhead look. Mm. Um. NFL needs to get more like the U.S. <laughs> Just a thought. Um, <laughs> but this game was very poorly officiated for sure. There yeah. were a lot of issues. Um, and it's, you know, it, 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 it's re-raising the conversation. You know, 
these guys, we've talked about this before, but for those of you who, who don't remember, this is not the referee's full-time job. They have other jobs. Yeah. And there has been a call in recent years to have these to have the NFL referees be professional, like this is their only job. Uh, I don't know if that solves the problem. I still think there's the aspect of human error that will come into it. Um, but yeah, it's not the reason the the Bengals only have themselves to blame for why they lost this football game. Exactly. Is, they is had what the it ball in, in Burrowhead with two minutes and some change left and they couldn't put any points on the board. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Kudos um, to them. They had a good season. They're everybody's everybody's aware. That's the squad. And then some adjustments have to be made once it's time to pay Joe. Mm. But they got another year, maybe two, where they can uh no, they're gonna have to extend them before that. But they got another year where they can take this <clears throat> crazy receiver core, crazy defense. It looks like Anarumo is getting overlooked. So if he's back. Mm, Anarumo, I saw an article that Anarumo was interviewing Okay. somewhere. If the, if 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 all these teams remember. overlook Anarumo and go after some offensive coach that's flashy, they're all stupid. Mm. <laughs> because apparently the defense loves him too. Like he's beloved in the locker room and is obviously a fucking craftsman. The narrative on the Burrow contract uh, has already started, actually. Yeah, um, I think that they're probably going to try and extend him this year. And I think that they're probably going to try and get him to sign. They're certainly going to try to get him to sign a Mahomes-type deal, yeah. which, for those of you who don't know, Mahomes signed a 10-year deal. And a lot of people thought he was stupid for doing that. Um, but Mahomes to his credit appears to have agreed to this 10 year deal um, because he thinks this is the best way to maintain the, the salary cap situation in Kansas city so that they can keep bringing in players Mm -hmm. that will continue to keep that team relevant. So the other strategy as a, as that you can go is to just take three year deals and then you get, you know, they just got to keep paying you more and more money every three years. Um, I happen to like what Mahomes is doing. I, I like what he's doing too. And the guy, the, the guy's gonna make so gonna much money. Up. Yeah, he's yeah, on the the commercials. The guy's like on every fucking commercial break it, it, there is. So it's like just it, he's fine. I think he's smart. Like Gronk never spent his football salary money. Right. <laughs> Only lived off endorsements. That's pretty smart too. He was at one of the games talking. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a script. It was like he was at the Forty ers <laughs> He was at the Eagles Forty ers game. He was on the yeah. Fox crew. Yeah, it's funny. Mm. Yeah, man, it was uh, unfortunate for the first game. Second game was fun. Mm. It was a good one, man. I liked. I liked all the the drama in it. I liked the back and forth. And Saga was upset. She wanted to see her course. Bengals go back to the Super Bowl, but I told her, I said, you know what? Maybe this is good for you as a fan. Mm. You know, you picked this team three or four years ago because you like their helmet and, and then they got, they got good quick. Uh, but it's important to remember how hard it is to get back to the Super Bowl. I think. Yeah. Yeah, It's very hard. It doesn't happen often. I think it's part of being a real fan. (laughs) Yeah. Having that experience. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, yeah. Do you have you want to do superlatives or you want to wrap this thing up? Let's uh well let's rip through the superlatives actually. All right, I could freestyle it. I got a uh, real MVP. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. You said they were given the uh the <laughs> the grapefruit the the dump truck of grapefruits over there yeah. but i got to give it to man uh patrick mahomes in the ankle game yep he uh you can see him fighting his way through it he showed he's the best uh <laughs> i like tony romo's comparison mm. to michael jordan and drexler did you hear that yeah Tony Romo said that uh, that Mahomes is probably feeling like Jordan in 1992 when they go up against Portland Trailblazers and Clyde Drexler. Everybody's saying is Drexler as good as Jordan, and Mahomes looking across the field at uh, Burrow is like, "This motherfucker's not as good as me. Let me show everybody what a motherfucking MVP quarterback looks like." And then mm-hmm. goes out and plays like this, and he lost. Uh, he was, receivers were dropping like flies this game. Some not returning, and it mm-hmm. didn't matter. He was making it happen. Sometimes they lined up Sky Moore out there. Mm. And he's scrambling when he had to. I don't know what else to say, man. Throwing off the uh, – making sure he's planting on his non-injured foot and limping back to the huddle. Mm. Everything just said that uh, Patrick Mahomes, as you probably know. You the real MVP. What you got? Uh, yeah. Some, some weeks there's only one answer. I agree with you 100%. He's probably going to be the league MVP. He just won the AFC title game on one leg. Um, and it has to be Patrick Mahomes. It has to be. He's the MVP. Uh, for the trash, I'm going to say, uh, I have to say that it's this <laughs> player who was seen coming out of the locker room. I can't remember his name, man. Coming out of the locker room, yelling at, Osai, who makes the mistake of bumping into... Is it Jermaine Pratt? I think it was Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine Pratt. Uh, Yeah, calls himself JP. Uh, I had the clip up here, but I lost it, but whatever. There's a clip of him walking out of the locker room yelling, why'd you hit the fucking quarterback at Osai, who's been sobbing on the sidelines. And I feel like everybody's sad. Nobody's more sad than that guy piling on on him on him is some weak shit and uh he's come out and apologized he's defending himself in social media on in comments and stuff i understand the passion and it's unfortunate that a camera was there but i wouldn't do that to my teammate 
I wouldn't uh, yell at a kicker if the kicker misses the game winner. You know mm. the potential, or you know what I mean, or misses mm. and we lose uh, what's supposed to be an easy kick. I would, you know, you never see that. So I feel like uh, with them doing that, that's just that's weak sauce right there. Mm. In that moment, what he did, I'd have to because he's not going over to Joe Burrow saying, "How'd you miss that? <laughs> How'd you throw that interception?" You know what I'm saying? Like it's part of the game. Osai mm. makes some great plays. That's the re- you talked about the Chiefs not being able to run the ball. Osai mm. was stuffing all of that. He That's was true. balling this game, and he makes that mistake. So I gotta say, uh, JP, you are trash mm. in that in that moment. Nice. Um, <clears throat> given that we only had two games to talk about, um, I, I hope you'll forgive me for doing a slightly longer trash. Oh, go for it, man. So for me this week. Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Yes. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Actually. I thought it was going to be a long thing about having I the wish. right amount of quarterbacks. Trash I would have coach. done – had Shanahan blown another lead, I t- absolutely oh, yeah. a 1,000% would have gone that direction. Uh, uh, all right. I'm um, sorry for interrupting. Uh, so for me this week, I'm going to go with the people who are buying into and spreading this nonsense related to the DeMar Hamlin clone conspiracy theory. Oh, have you what? heard about this? No. There are people on the internet who, okay, I'm going to run you through it. Okay. Because there's a pretty concise breakdown of what some folks are saying. Here's the theory. When DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field on January 2nd, due to his cardiac episode during the Bills-Bengals game, Mm. DeMar Hamlin died. This was a live, real-time example of the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine, they claim. (laughs) Okay, now, knowing that a cover-up is required, the NFL and the FBI quickly sprang into action to hide the fact that DeMar Hamlin had died. The FBI were dispatched to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center to ensure nobody saw Hamlin's body. They kept visitors and teammates away from where Hamlin's body was being stored, while the NFL worked its back channels to arrange for a clone to take his place. Over the next 72 hours, the clone of DeMar Hamlin was given extensive instruction on how to act like the Bills player in order to fool his teammates, in particular, into believing the clone was the real DeMar Hamlin. This is why the public didn't get a firm update on his health status until, like, January 5th, because prior to that, the clone had been learning how to be DeMar Hamlin, okay? Now, the biggest test for the Hamlin clone came this past weekend with the bills set to host the Bengals. Um, right. And they were going to put Hamlin in the spotlight. So achieve to achieve this goal of fooling the public while also protecting Hamlin's identity. He was bundled up, right? He had a thing covering his face, right? He had the hoodie over his head. Uh, the footage was also very limited, which most importantly, he was only filmed through glass uh, we never heard DeMar Hamlin speak because the clone is still getting used to the speech patterns, of course. Uh, but we did get a hidden sign. At one point, Hamlin's clone held up three fingers uh, on each hand, a satanic symbol, right? It's not his Which, number? It's not his jersey number? 
apparently they don't know that. Uh, while also putting his hands together in a diamond to show the symbol of the new world order. Oh yeah, the new world. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's the theory. So it wasn't a heart. It was a diamond symbol. Well, it was just a bad heart, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He was attempting to do a heart, and it but the, it's hard to learn all everything about him and how to do a heart symbol. I know. I mean, it was obviously hard enough for these conspiracy theorists to learn that he wears number three. So I don't yeah. know. You know, first things first. In response to this theory, mm-hmm. we're talking about the NFL here. Okay, <laughs> this is this is an organization yeah. that still still struggles with the question. Of if a catch is a catch. Not to uh, mention the 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 using the black old racist things in order to get out of trouble for for right. uh off the hook for uh concussions. Yeah. Like they're stupid. Yeah. This <laughs> this is the same organization that still can't figure out roughing the passer, the yeah. race no, the race norming thing that you yeah. brought up with the concussions, an organization that still needs grown ass men with two sticks attached to an actual chain to decide <laughs> what ten yards are. Okay. An organization who whose best idea to solve a scheduling problem was to flip a motherfucking coin. Okay. Does yeah. this sound like an organization that's capable of collaborating with the FBI to clone an actual human being? I say no. <coughs> so true. I mean, uh, to their credit, they did solve racism. So oh, I'm yeah. not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying it's very unlikely. Um, second, if you are someone who thinks like this or comes up with this kind of bullshit, you have way too much time on your hands. Okay. Yeah, somebody wrote that whole scenario out. And, and my final point is that just stop. N- yeah. Nothing. It, it, not, not everything. Okay. Is, is some nefarious conspiracy plot to destroy exactly. humanity as we know it. Assuming that you discovered some shit that the rest of the world is ignoring does not make you smart. It does not make you special and Mm. it does not make you better than anyone else. Not only does it make you trash, it makes you a fucking idiot who wouldn't know your head from your ass because one is currently shoved so far up the other (laughs) that you don't know whether you're coming or fucking going. So Mm. just shut the fuck up and, you know, find a new fucking hobby because this is the dumbest conspiracy theory I think I've ever heard. You are trash! I love it. And to Damar Hamlin's credit, I love this guy. He's absolutely leaning into this. If you go to his Twitter account, you can see a photograph of him standing in front of the mural that was painted of him on the side of a building. Mm-hmm. It's him standing in front of the mural and the only caption that he wrote in the tweet, clone. <laughs> uh- <laughs> and Isaac showed me yesterday that one of the guys who's spreading this conspiracy theory online Damar Hamlin put out a TikTok the other day where you where you see this guy talking into a microphone. He's like, the big question is, where is the real Damar Hamlin? And then it cuts to another shot. And then Damar Hamlin pops into the frame and goes, boo. <laughs> and then jumps out. <laughs> yeah, man. That's so great. he's having a good time with it. But those guys are fucking idiots and they need to give it a rest. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, shit got learned. 
Well, the shit that I learned is something that I already knew, but it's worth remembering that all good things come to an end. Mm. The Brock Purdy story was one of the most captivating narratives of the year. Mr. Irrelevant, last dude picked in the draft, was suddenly one went away from leading a squad to the Super Bowl. Plus the Bengals' recent dominance over the Chiefs. That one team the Chiefs just couldn't beat. Well, Purdy's Cinderella story got turned into a broke-ass pumpkin full of dog shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's stuffed with M80 firecrackers and, and old batteries. Uh, for some good old fashioned Philly hate, uh, while the yeah. Chiefs handed their business, handled their business on defense, getting them sacks, getting them picks, to finally slay the beast, this deadly Bengal tiger that has been haunting them for the last few seasons. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, all good things come to an end, my friend. Wow, uh, my shit that I learned, and the NFL needs to really take notice here. Turn up the volume, NFL. Home field advantage still matters. These are two of the remaining home field advantage teams. You got Seattle. You got New England. You got Green Bay. You know, a few teams still have home field advantage for real. They have outdoors or noise. And Kansas City, one of the loudest stadiums. And Philadelphia is just ruckus. And they showed it. In these two games that we saw, where it was so loud and so disruptive that uh, you can see where the penalties are coming out in both of these mm-hmm. games. So uh, don't forget the home field advantage still matters, and that's why you can't move games to neutral territory just to make more money. Uh, don't forget about that. And the teams have something to play for because you want to be playing at home, especially if you're the Eagles or the Chiefs. It's such a good point. This is – and this – this narrative continues that the NFL is still interested in in trying to do this neutral site thing. Um, and they pretend like they want to do it because it creates such a nice equal, like half of the stadium is going to be, you know, Eagles fans and the other half is going to be 49, but they don't give a fuck about that. Mm-hmm. All they care about is the fact that if they make it a neutral site game, they can do precisely what college football do, does and they can sell the rights to that game to the various mm-hmm. cities that want to buy them. This yep. is about money. This is not to make the game better. Um, this is about putting more money in their pockets. Fortunately, the I think these conference championship game. Oh my God. Shoot me. <laughs> the in the hot face. honey. Wendy's. <laughs> now I want the hot honey, but I just don't want him to name the conference championship game after it. Uh, yeah, because it's just like they do, you know, like the, in Atlanta every year, they have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the uh, FedEx Orange Bowl. Yeah. And now they got all these crazy ones like the, you know, the TurboTax Auto Glass uh, Sugar Bowl. You know, it's like they start tacking on. It just gets some of the bowl games are fucking ridiculous now. I got one more thing to add to. Mm. Uh and <laughs> this is going to be a little something extra for our true Spinnerfell fans. Wendy's Hot Honey Chicken Sandwich features a crispy, fried, spiky, spicy chicken breast filet, melted pepper jack cheese, three strips of applewood smoked bacon, mm. crispy fried dill pickle chips, 
and two layers of habanero hot honey sauce on a toasted premium bun. Damn. <laughs> what a Girl. description. I just looked the description up. My mouth is literally watering right now. I can hardly speak right now. That's Girl. Just and I've had I, love, I, I know. I love your nature. I love your nature. I love it. <laughs> Now that's a I sandwich I can make out you. with, for sure. <laughs> uh, I just had to say that. Mm. But yeah, man, that's, that was a uh, my shit got learned, and I hope the NFL does not do it, man. It's so it's such a smack in the face of the fans. Totally. And the, and, and, the t- and the teams who, who playing hard, they they want it both ways too. They want you to play hard on week. They moved the last week to be all divisional games because yep. teams were taking it off. Because they were like, it doesn't matter. So they make it divisional so that the last game matters more, potentially. I mean, you'll still obviously get, they'll still obviously give the number one seed the bye week. But but it's like, you know, it's funny. I brought up Dan Wetzel last week um, because he's on this case as well. Um, And Dan Wetzel, I, I listened to him earlier in the week and he mentioned something that I had never really thought of before. He said that football is literally the only sport that does not allow their fans to see them win a championship in their own wow. home. I never thought of that before. Nor have I. Because every other sport, most other big sports have... Yeah, you could end up winning on somebody else's court or... You could, I, but, or but, rink. but because they play yeah. because they play the seven-game seven series... Game, yeah. Baseball, too, yeah. Um. But you have the opportunity to see or see your team in the finals, like yeah. at home. You exactly. get home games. It's the no only matter what, sport. even if you get swept, you get home games. It's the only sport that doesn't that doesn't provide that opportunity. Damn. And now you want to take yeah. another game away from the home fans? What I mean, the owners got to be like, yo, what the fuck? I, it's my understanding that it takes twenty four owners to vote this into existence. Okay. No, Twenty four of the thirty two have to vote. Yes, it won't be about that shit. Teams like New England and you know what I mean that have home field advantage and that have good staffs in place. It's gonna be the the shitty owners that want to do something like that. You would think so, yeah. I, or the ones who might be in debt to the city or some shit like that. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking at stuff. you, Stan Kroenke. <laughs> exactly. Look He's like, guys. yes, we can have the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium every year. Yeah, it's, it's bullshit. The SoFi Super Bowl. Exactly. Fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Uh, scariest team remaining. God, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, man. I really, for me right now, the Super Bowl is an absolute coin toss. I think the Eagles front seven, that defense with, with Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, uh, what's his name? Akeem Hicks, all this. Mm -hmm. They have, they literally have like the fourth most sacks of any team in NFL history. I think they had like 68 or 70 sacks on the year. Just a few behind 84 bears. It's like the third. It's like, it's like, them chasing back Patrick Mahomes on a on a shaky ankle. Hopefully his ankle mm. is better. He's got two weeks to kind of sort it out. Um, but yeah, that the Eagles could absolutely win this football game. I uh, might be saying, "Ow." Yeah, but I could Ow. say the same thing about the Chiefs too. I yep. mean, because Mahomes is Mahomes, and he always figures out to make way to make it work. And their defense isn't that bad either. Yeah. Um. So 
I don't know, man. It's a coin toss. I can't. I I would say that right now, I personally, and I know that this is not a very, some people will think this is a lame take, but I personally think the fact that the Chiefs, I would like to see the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, given how great they've been over this last five-year period. I think yeah. it would be a shame for them to only manage to get one. Uh, I mean, the Eagles won one five, six years ago. No, nah, I don't even think it's that long. They beat the Patriots in, I think, 18. Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that narrative as well because they've, you know, I, th- I think I read somewhere that this is the first team over over that short a period of time mm-hmm. to make it back to the Super Bowl w- with a new coach and a yep. new quarterback. Um, so, I mean, the GM certainly deserves some credit for rebuilding that team as quickly as he did, Howie Roseman. Um, which is something maybe we could get into next week when we when we start to kind of build our way towards the game. It's like maybe talk a little bit about how these two teams were built. And um, yeah, that'd be really good. Be kind of an interesting. I found a few articles about that, so we could talk about that. Nice. Um, but it's I don't know which team are where are you leaning? As far as scariest, I think uh, we saw Mahomes on the ankle. As bad as you're gonna see it, mm. he didn't like make it worse. Right. So I'd have to say it's hard to go against that guy, man. Mm. So I'm gonna say the scariest team is the uh, the Chiefs. They still got last I checked, Andy Reid still the head coach, and Eric Bieniemy is still the offensive coordinator. Patrick Mahomes yep. still the quarterback. That's like, and Nick Sirianni is a pretty new coach. We were making right. fun of him last year. This is his second year, right? We are making fun mm-hmm. of him last year with the each individual stuff. So yeah. He's doing a great job, and I wouldn't be surprised, shocked if they won. They've been playing good football, but they haven't been tested as much this playoffs, and uh, the Chiefs have. And True. came out of the AFC. So yeah. the scariest team is Chiefs. Yeah, you're probably right. Hmm. It's going to be good. Are you going to stay up for the Super Bowl? What are you going to do? What are you thinking? Yeah, I watch it every year, man. You got some plans? Yes, I'm I'm watching. I'm probably watching it over at Armco Studios. I'm still debating whether I'm going to stay up or not. Bro. It depends on what I have to do on Monday. Get up. Get up and watch this game. <laughs> Take one for the team, man. We'll get live broadcasting. Yeah, my, <laughs> my team is already taking themselves out. They suck. This the team that matters is the team Spinafel, all right? <laughs> I had my Falcons t-shirt on on Sunday and my family was making fun of me as mm. if I thought the Falcons were still playing. Tell uh, them to stop that. That's uncalled for, man. <laughs> That's bullying. You should report them. I almost wore my Dolphins uh head uh, uh hoodie today and I was mm. like, oh, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, man. Are you ready to start working on your next uh, or your first mock draft? Maybe we'll get into that next week. <laughs> Stop. Mock drafts are starting to come out. Daniel Jeremiah. So I'm on NFL Network telling me to go look at his mock draft. <laughs> Jonathan Rollins' favorite time of year. Mock draft season. Let's go. <laughs> I'll just send my mock draft 1.0 next week. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> 
Good luck to your teams, y'all. The ones that are still left. All those Chiefs fans and uh, all of those Eagles fans, congratulations. But we'll be back to talk more about uh, developments in the league. So stay tuned for that. It's been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Zara. What's NFL? I'll catch y'all later. Peace. Later, y'all. Get serious. Get a job. You better get yourself a job. Get serious. Get a job. You get a job like a government said. Get serious. Get a job. You better get yourself a job. Get serious. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.